good vibes. A good evening. I do not attempt to adjust your radio. There is nothing wrong. The Knutsons. have taken control as to bring you this special show. Who are the Knutsons? Only good vibes. Only good vibes is the plan. Only good vibes, good vibes. Okay, this is called the Knutson Effect. How's things, Mark? You okay? Yeah, not too bad, thanks. How you doing? Yeah, just having a coffee, trying to wake up a little bit over here. We're not used to these early starts. <laughs> so you're saying you've been busy through the lockdown, Mark? Yeah, what have you been doing? Well, Monday to Friday, I don't think I've ever been as busy because um, obviously I really always had two jobs. Um, Mark Knight, the artist, then Mark Knight, um, record label owner. So it's, um, it's always been balancing two. Yeah. Uh, and there's been areas of the record label side of things that... Because you know, there's only limited time to pull two things off. I mean, it's already a seven-day week situation. Um, there's things I wanted to get to. I'd never really had time, um, and yep. because I'm not now not distracted in terms of touring and going away, mm. um, I've really got more granular on a certain aspects of the business that I wanted to. I knew I, that I knew I needed to do, but it's one of the things. If you start scratching the surface and you, yep. you don't really have the uh, time to finish of doing what it's doing. Well, if it's not broken, I'm going to leave it. But um, for the first eight weeks, I mean, yeah, just very, very focused on dealing with that aspect of what I do. Um, once I sort of gone to the bottom of that, then, then I was like, oh, God, I've got to make some music. I'm, I can't do this every day. So, um, yeah, been flat out making loads and loads of music, um, mm-hmm. producing records for people, writing loads of new music for myself, and... Mm-hmm. Um, just started working on an album. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, literally, I'm going to do one or two tracks a week at the moment in, in di- different sort of contexts, as I say. Yeah. Yep. Like, for example, next week I'm writing the new Heather Small single, wrote a record for Diana Ross. Um, God, what else have I done? Loads of stuff for our other label, um, Ghost Producer, um, not well, sort of cut ad prod and production for sort of more commercial dance music. Um, yep. So, yeah, I've been absolutely flat out busy I think people have just regrouped and tried to turn this into a more of a positive thing haven't they they've just thought this is a just make what you what you can of it really absolutely I mean that's what we can do isn't it you know I mean it's what it is and you've just got to get a sink or swimming it's certainly not going to sink so um, yeah you've just got to use the time as constructively as possible just taking yeah. it back to the kind of earlier days then, Mark, how, how was it you get inspired to get into music then? What inspired you to get into DJing and that then? Where did it all begin? To be honest, I was always making music as a kid, always doing buying music ever since I can ever remember, since I was, it's all I ever spent my pocket money on, get, get um, my pocket money, get a bus into town and then spend all day hunting around record stops in shops when I was nine or ten. So that, <laughs> you know, inadvertently, I suppose I'd always sort of, had that background as a DJ, but back then in the eighties, mid early eighties, you know, there weren't careers as a DJ. So it wasn't something you you could say, okay, well, I'm interested in this. I'll go on to become that. And then I got into, you know, the idea of making very basic music and, um, and then, you know, all all the world sort of collided really with me falling in love with electronic music, seeing that there was, you know, there was potential to be a DJ. I'd always bought music. I was obsessed with it. Yeah. Um, I, I you know, was all, I had set up at home, and I thought, oh, do you know what? This this could be a this could be a job. Yeah, and, yeah. And then the rest was history, really. You're talking about records there, just quickly, you can always tell the old school DJs because they've always got bigger muscles, haven't they? From carrying the records around, all the new DJs are all kind of skinny, aren't they? 
<laughs> Usually well, exactly, very true. Although a lot of the kids now, they're probably more obsessed with being in the gym than learning, learning how to make music. So I don't know, maybe the question going back to the old days. Yeah, it's a bit lugging the records. Well, out. you said it. <laughs> you don't work out with a USB. That's <laughs> what so for the production as well, Mark. Yeah, like exactly. The, the technology has changed so much over the last sort of 10, 20 years and so. Like, how did you first get started with, with actually yeah. making the music and the production side of it? Oh, God, with like the most basic samples where you get like four or five seconds worth of sample mm. time in, in, in the sampler. And, and then I, I bought an Akai 900. Um, and yeah, very, very much of that era. Um, and an Atari for a little while. Um, and then got, bought my first Mac. God knows when that was. Um, pretty much when Logic came out. So I'd always, to be fair, I, I kind of more of the Logic generation than um, a very early sequencing. Um, it was more of that era. Um, learned, <laughs> learned that from scratch. And then, um, yeah, I stayed that with, with that for many years. And then sort of now I'm working Ableton. But um, I still, still dabble my hand in Logic, but... Um, yeah, then usually throw, but it usually ends by throwing my computer out the window. Yeah, yeah, I think Ableton is a wee bit frustrating at times, logic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Ableton's very user friendly, isn't it? It is, and it's just very good for getting, you know, if you've got an idea and you've got a vibe in your head, it's yeah. very easy to get that going and getting it to work. Straight away, you know, you can say, okay, that is a good idea, or no, it's not going to quite work. Where logic is a lot more labor intensive um, to get to that point of realization. So, yeah, I just started using it for, in that in that context initially, and then I'm like, well, do you know what? It's actually, I mean, it doesn't it doesn't sound as good as logic, nowhere near. But I mean, I think you you know, if you can really extract the most out of it, I think it, yeah, it, it's an overall win. You know, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's incredible how, how times have changed probably back from, from when you got started even to the, the social media heavy kind of world of music now as well. It's such a different game now, isn't it? It is. I mean, you know, it's unfortunately without, and I don't want to sound bitter in any way, but you can see that the, the, the pop model was very much creeped into electronic music, and which I, I find a real shame. I mean, because dance music was kind of always the anti of what pop did. It was the antithesis of what pop was doing, you know? Yeah, and yeah. It's now fallen into the same sort of set of rules. You know, yeah. as you said earlier, like the Instagram piece about creating a profile and all that ahead of substance. Yeah. And that, um, find that a bit disappointing because uh, it was never about that. It was about, you know, it, it was an open playing field and it wasn't, controlled by the majors and you had an opportunity to get in and say something if you could say something you know yeah. and that's now been kind of throttled by the kind by majors and and the sort of pop setup of like well look you've got to look like this you've got to do these things it's like well can you actually fucking do any music fundamentally <laughs> first I was like that we get someone to do that for you yeah and it's, a, it's <laughs> like you know, it's, it's a shame it has and it has changed a lot I mean you know it's not all doom and gloom there's some really incredible new talent coming through so it's yeah. just evolving like anything I suppose it's sort of suffered from its own success really yeah I think you're a, you're a good example of embracing that you're a good example of how to embrace the social media uh, era and how to uh, create a great presence what, you, what you've created with Tool Rooms unbelievable you guys and the team behind you guys is it's 
yeah, it's, it's admirable, definitely. Yeah, thank you. I mean, you know, well, I think we've our biggest asset is always known what we wanted to be um, and realised what what we could achieve yep. um, and be, being very focused on that, not trying to be something off the moment and chase things that are in vogue. It's about, look, we stand for this through thick or thin. Yep. Um, and I think that always pays dividends long, long term, you know. That always sort of breeds longevity, I find. Um, you know, I think the biggest compliment anyone could ever give you is, from an A&R perspective, is that you have a sound. You know, because I've made a record and it sounds very tall room. Mm-hmm. And if you can get to that point in your career as a, as, a, as, a, as a record label, then I think there's not much more you can do. And that's, that's through just maintaining a certain sound and presence and a level of integrity and yeah. consistency and quality. So, and that's what we've tried to achieve. You know, that we've never de- steered away from that. We've never tried to, oh, you know, we want to be the most in thing. It's like if we are through just what we do, we are. If we're not, let's just stick to the plan. Yep, that's actually true. Yeah, definitely. Tour has been phenomenally successful. How, how was it all get started? What was the kind of vision at the start? We're just getting off the ground and stuff. Like, well, I mean, I was releasing lots of records on other people's labels, and I just kind of thought, look, these guys can't run a fucking bar, let alone a record. Say it like that, Mark. Say it like Well, I will. I will. You know, they stop making. They stop running record labels now. I'll get away with it. Um, no, it was, I mean, about eighteen, years, twenty years ago. I was, you know, it was great because it was. The, it was great to learn almost by their mistakes to think, oh, you know, I wouldn't have done it like that. Mm-hmm. You'd spend so much time labouring over records, get to the best you could do, and they would just flop it out. And you're like, wow, I've spent months on that and you've not promoted yeah. it properly. And then they didn't account to you. And it just, I just felt that I could do it better and just randomly at the time. And my brother, who was a car salesman, me and him pretty much done everything together our whole lives. He lost his job. And my dad retired, um, and my dad was in the music industry. Um, but in the early days, he was a drummer, and he was in right. a band, and they were, they were fairly successful, they toured. And then he got into business and got out of the music industry. Um, and he retired, and three of us sat down, and we were like, look, you know, we're at this position in our lives. I want to I start a record label, because I'm doing this music, and it's just not releasing, really, uh, you know, realizing its potential. My brother well, needed a job, and he... He loved house music and he was, you know, he was always very much the, the office element of it, the business side of it with my dad. And three of us sat down and said, look, you know, what do you want to be? We, we, at the time, we, we looked at record labels we aspire to, your subliminals, strictlies and people like that. But look, we, we want to be as good as that. You know, yeah, yeah. we know it's not going to happen overnight. And we wrote a sort of five-year game plan and we stuck to it religiously and invested everything we had into it. And yeah, and, and, and that's how it began. And, it began, it's called Tour Room because basically um, the shed outside my parents' house um, and at the time we, when we were committed to, uh, to doing this, I, I sold everything I had, my house, my car, everything I owned, I invested it into a studio in the shed um, and where it was called the Tour Room, we put the lawnmower in there and the <laughs> show the gardening gear and that and we said, well, we should call it Tour Room Records because Brilliant. that's the soul of what we, you know, that's the heart and soul of what we're about. I think what's really admirable about it as well is the fact that obviously moving on to the Tool Room Academy, you're actually nurturing the new talent and you're giving them the tools to to move forward. And then you're not only just helping them, but you're also supporting them in their own releases. It's phenomenal. Do you want to tell us more about the Academy then, Mark? Sure. I mean, we are, we're probably as much football fans, fanatics as we are 
our music um, in our family and in our business. And we looked at that, you know, what football clubs have been doing for many years and the process of finding talent through the medium of academies, you know, um, and it's a very lucrative business as well. I mean, they make, football clubs make a lot of money from that. Um, and, it, it, you know, it worked twofold. Not only can you make money selling the product on the way to the dream, you can find people that will join all the dots and realize the dream. So we just thought, you know, that model works very well in sport. Why don't we apply it to what we do? And going back to what I said earlier, we, we very much have a sound and people want to learn how to make uh, music the sort of tour room way. Um, and what we, what we said we would do is not just have a kind of blanket approach to teaching people. It would be, learning by people who've had bona fide careers in music. You know, it's not like you can go online and learn how to put reverb on a snare. That's easy to watch a million YouTube videos. But, you know, if you want to learn by someone who's had you know, number one, Dean Ramirez, who said, well, number ones and toured the world and been at the top of his game, then that's a very interesting USP. And that was what we, what we achieved, what we wanted to do is by learning, um, by R&R so we would give you direct feedback as if we would do you know we were signing a record from uh, anyone uh, Elias and Barrientos you know we, we, there's no difference in the level of application we'll give their music and um, attention and music we'll give to their music we would do forever with Elias and Barrientos or anyone else in the roster it's um, you know it, and that's what people sign up for and that's what they get as opposed to being on a more generic course. What do you kind of look for then, Mark, in, if, in releases, if artists are sending demos into you? What is it that stands out? What, what do you like the original ideas then that stands out to you? You can just hear it. I mean, it's hard to really quantify that in one sense. You can just hear, even if it's not the finished article, you can hear there's a, a sort of multitude of factors, just sound choice, style, uh, um, energy arrangement you could just hear that someone's got it i mean yeah. wheats is a prime example of that he come very much through the academy this demo drop at one of the things we did at brighton and straight away you could hear okay this kid's got something he really has yeah. um, and it's like you know it's like when you hear a record it's like why is one record better than another you just go okay i know uh, uh, that there's something in that 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 record that's right and and it's, it's no different at that level you can just connect with what some the ability someone has, and you know, we spend a lot, we spend a lot of time with weeks, and probably about six, eight months before releasing any music, really honing that and getting that right. And I'd spend a lot of time going to his studio. He would, you know, we'd speak three or four times a day, saying, "I'll change that, change that, try." Until we really kind of refine that talent into something that that works, and then you set a quality threshold. So, look, every time you write a record, it has to be that good. You have to apply all of those factors to that record, that, that's your template now. Um, and, and that's what the great thing about the Academy is we're finding people through it, you know? And some people make it, some people don't. That's just how it goes. That's life, isn't it? But um, it gives them an opportunity to get close to us and, and, and vice versa. Yeah, you must have a lot of tracks get sent through to like demo tracks and stuff as well. So how, how do you manage to kind of sift through all those and what kind of advice would you give to people that are maybe trying to get their tracks noticed? It's very hard. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I think some days you can get up to 500 demos 
I mean, and you, even if you employed someone full time all day, every day, you couldn't get through it all. It would just be impossible. Yeah. I mean, of course, we, we, we dip into um, the, the demo, the demo to tour records. Of course, we do. We, you know, that would be sacrilege if we didn't. But the yep. reality is, we can't get through it all. Um, and it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's about just making yourself heard rather. We're very, very approachable. We're super down to earth. We're just, you know, just the guys. We're like, you know, there's no hierarchy. There's no bullshit or anything involved with what we do. If you want to go on, just give, give us a shout, you know, and yeah. find a way. Give us a shout. Just get in touch with any boats. We want to hear this music as much as you want to give it to us. There, there's, you know, there, there is no, there is, there's no standoffishness or any divide. It's just like, Man, give me some music and I'll check it out, you know. And so it's about just finding a way to connect with us. There's, you know, yep. it's so easy in this day and age for all the different mediums, social media, and to, you know, just do what you can, just get friendly. Like, I don't know, like comment on a load of posts, get have a laugh. You know, I think the best way to us, you know, what we love, um, the people we like working with the most, are just the same kind of people, people who's just. Yeah, good, good lads, down to earth, good laugh. Because you know, for all the tea and shine, you, you come to work to work, you know, in this industry because you love it, and you don't want to work with dickheads. And um, yeah. so, you know, instantly you find someone's having a bit, a good bit of banter online, and they go, "Look, do you know, I've got this track. Heard you? Like, of course, I check it out. It's like anything in life, you know. How do you how do you for, start a relationship? It's it, it's yep. it's that kind of principle, isn't it? Really, but um, yeah, just just make yourself heard. But I, I'm just just trying to be manage expectations it's very hard for us to to get through all the demos it would virtually be impossible so you know do whatever you've got to do to just get hold of us because we're approachable brilliant just kind of briefly as well Martin, going back to your career what's the some of the standout moments would you say what's some of your your highlights of your your career so far then would you say um i get asked this question a lot and i don't know really i don't I don't, I never so dwell on, well, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm so busy thinking what I've got to do today and, and what a million people want me to do. I don't really have time to find that. I don't remember much about <laughs> that. You're running around taking kids out, but you don't really have that moment. Oh, wow, that was a moment. He's like, come on, get a kid of stuff in the car. We've got to have the skate but We've got a football match in a minute. So uh, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't really look at him like that, really. I mean, yeah, we've done some really cool things. I suppose off the top of my head, selling out Brixton was pretty cool. We did that. I mean, yeah. um, we were, we were the Swedish House Mafia did it for us, and then we did it when when there was a little there was a shift between just doing club shows and doing hard ticket shows in venues like that, and we were the sort of second uh, brand to ever do that. So that was pretty cool. But apart from that, I can't really think of anything else. <laughs> I'm, I'm, too, I'm all worried about getting this track now this afternoon, getting that right. I'll cross yeah, that yeah. bridge first. Moving forward. <laughs> exactly. We're always looking forward. No one matters about was we've done that. Let me ask as well, Mark. So, like, obviously, you're like a DJ, producer, record label owner. There's you get so many different things happening. How, how do you manage your time and like kind of split it between all those different kind of job roles, I guess? Uh, by never sleeping. <laughs> um, I, I don't know I don't find it a chore do you know what I mean so you just make it happen I think you've got to be super organised I mean uh, and we've got look, I've got an amazing team it's, it's far from me I mean we've got 23 people who work for us so it's a, it, we're a team it's not an I it's, it's the team it, it, that makes this successful it's all the people around 
around me and me, you know, it's all of us. It's not me, far from just me. It's, it's all of our collective effort that make the whole thing work, you know, and it's, we, we work really well together. And yeah, I mean, everyone lives and breathes it in our company. And it's honestly, you, you couldn't be more proud of a, of a bunch of people. They would give you a right arm for you. And if I'm three o'clock on a Sunday morning and said, look, I need you to do this, it'd be done. Yeah. You know, it would be done. So, um, and we'd all do the same thing for each other. That that's never even questioned. So um, yeah, it's all credit to them, really, that this all works and makes me look good. <laughs> well, I've done a great job. No, I, th- I think it's I think it's inspirational to see even in the beginnings of where you started, you knew that that whole team effort was everything because that set the standards for what you've grown into now, didn't it? I think a lot of people out there try and do too much on their own and maybe feel like they have to do it all on their own. But I think delegating those jobs and having the team behind you is just it's like-minded people, eh? I mean, look, as, as, a, as an individual, you can be great. As a team, you can be unstoppable. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And I think that's the way you have to look at it. If you know how to motivate people and you get the right people doing the right thing, so you're not getting people who are, oh, I'm doing this job, but I really want to, I'm doing the job as um, label management, but I really want to be a producer or, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in accounts, but really I want to be a DJ. It's like, we get the right people to do the right thing. You've got the right compliment. It, look, it, it's, you know, I mean, as I said, I'm a massive football fan and you will go on the picture of 11 strikers. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, yeah. it's about putting the right team on the picture and knowing, you know, where to put those people and where to play them and, and, and get the most out of them by, by, you know, being the captain and leading from the front and, and, and doing that part of the job. You know, it, I've always tried to do that. That's the one thing that's my responsibility. Um, my responsibility is to make sure I, I leave from the front and don't matter if you're playing in South Power on Saturday night, you need to be in the office on Monday. I need to be in the office at nine o'clock on Monday morning. That, what are you doing? Sorry, the group is coming. I'm just going to think. Where are you? Somebody hijacking. Somebody hijacking. It's <laughs> a little. Um, you, you know, you, it's your responsibility to make, be making the tea at 9 a.m. on a Monday morning. So, you know, if, if you can have that captain's role and motivate people like that. Um, Sorry. No, I'm alright. Sorry, that's my son. Yeah, that's 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 the role. I, that's the role I try to play um, yeah. within the business, um, and well, hopefully that you know that motivates people in the right way. And we work we work on the principle that it is our business. It's it's not it's ours. And if when we do well, it's like the kind of John Lewis thing at the end of the year. If we made a lot of money, we just split it between the whole team. Whatever we make, we get split. And that's, you know, people feel that not only do they believe in it on a kind of personal level, what they enjoy, do it on a financial level. If we do well, we all do well. What you guys have achieved with Tourism has been incredible, uh, definitely. So what's coming next? Do you think what's happening next? Oh, thank you. Well, I, mean, I suppose it's hard to really say that, you know, based on what's, what's happened. I mean, I think what we are, in the short term, we're focusing on... Um, Readdressing no, re- the or, or refocusing the the output based more on the situation. I mean, there's no point in writing putting out loads of real big heavy club bangers because there's there's nowhere really that to kind of gain any momentum. So I don't, you know, if you if you look at the release schedule in the last four, you know, since say Feb, we've, we've done a lot more vocals, been more orientated to to giving people music. Um, that is easily consumed in the, in the kind of Spotify home environment. It still obviously has a connection 
to and a relation to what we do in clubs. But I just don't feel at the moment to do loads of really heavy techno and things. That don't make sense, you know, or real big main room tech house. We haven't got the clubs there to join the dots of that. So in the short term, you know, we are staying very focused to that as an idea and just uh, put back, you know, to really readdress and try to invigorate within the industry the kind of idea of, writing songs again you know right putting out pieces of music not tracks to get gigs you know let's go back to that let's go back to writing songs you know look put it this way if you were to write if you were to look do a bootleg of the big record of now what would you do yes yeah, the biggest ones oh, hard to pull one out of the air isn't it go yeah there's not there's not much that many about yeah so the yeah. idea is this rock Let's write, go back to writing songs, things that in 10 years' time you'll be bootlegging of now. Do you know what I mean? It's like there's a hole for that in the industry right now um, about creating what's called evergreen records that, that do well continually. You know, you're fighting all those records that you, you look back over, over the years that, that, you know, that are all in Pete Tong's um, orchestra thing. You know, let's get more of those that represent now. Yeah, you you know? and, and while we're not on this hamster wheel, Tracking, tracking, tracking. Do you know what I mean? It's like yep. you're, there are there are no gigs, and that might not even happen next year. So let's let's get back to the you know let, let's get back to the fundamentals of what we do and putting out music. You know, so right. um, that's our that's our initial focus. Obviously, more on, on the academy uh, doing a, expanding that. That's going phenomenally well because people have the time uh, to be at home. So in the first instance, there are two kind of main focuses and I think we've just got to watch to see how things play out in terms of what we do in events moving forward. Yep, definitely. No, thanks. Thanks a lot for taking time out to chat to us, Mark. We really appreciate it. No, no, no worries. All good chats. I'm glad we got the connection to work okay because yeah. John, back, John will back me up on this. I don't wear this hat for any old any old guest, <laughs> any old riffraff, Mark. I've put this hat on. Oh, my friend. <laughs> So I'm glad we got there on the end. Uh, you wear it very, you wear it well. <laughs> uh, uh, for a minute, I thought I was doing an interview with Madness. <laughs> yeah, thanks very much for taking the time out to chat to us, Yeah, no worries, guys. Have a great day. Thanks a lot. Take care, Mark. All right. <laughs>